0: What's up, guys? Rick here. And for this week, I've got Doc Redman on the pod. Very gracious with his time. We chat through uh, his recent run on tour, how good he's been, what's working, what's not working, the flaws in shot link and a little bit about Bryson DeChambeau. Of course, I hope you enjoy again. Thanks again to Doc Redman. All right, I'd like to welcome in uh, Doc Redman. Doc has been very gracious with his time today. Welcome, Doc. Thanks for coming on.
1: Hey, thank you for having me on.
0: So uh, let's jump right into this thing. Golf is back. Uh, Golf is, you know, without fans. I just want to get your kind of viewpoint and your perspective on how things have gone through the first four weeks.
1: Yeah, I think things have been pretty good overall, you know. We had a scare back there in Travelers Week with just a few, you know, positive results for uh, COVID. But it's been a little different with no fans. But I think everyone's adjusting well. And, and you know, we're just happy to be out there and happy to give fans and, and golf fans and just sports fans everywhere something to watch.
0: Yeah. And, and certainly a lot of people are, I think the ratings for golf are kind of through the roof at the moment. You you mentioned the scare, uh, at travelers, Jay Monahan, the PGA tour commissioner actually makes a press conference. Like, do you get as scared when the PGA commissioner Jay Monahan, when he announces a press conference as the rest of us do?
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I actually heard that, that was planned all along. So he was going to come up there anyway and just be there. But Yeah, I was pretty nervous and, you know, but there's nothing I can do. I think we were all trying pretty hard and then kind of when all that happened, we've all maybe taken up a notch and, and made sure that we're just being careful for ourselves and for everyone else out on tour as well, because last thing you want to do is, you know, obviously people are going to get it, but you get it and then just be careless and give it to other people.
0: for for sure. Now, do you guys like, you mentioned the vibe on tour a little bit, and it's even kind of noticeable on our end, right? Like when we're watching PGA tour live, we can kind of see, you know, no, no more fist bumps anymore. That might've been happening like the first couple of weeks. It seems like it has been ratcheted up a bit doc, but do you guys feel as you know, one of the few sports that are even running right now, kind of like this extra responsibility to get it right?
1: Yeah. I think we have a huge responsibility. I think all eyes are on us, you know, with, I think some NHL personnel and have already been by some of our PT trailers to check out how they're, you know, staying sanitary and and just out there helping us out. So, yeah, as one of the first sports to open back up, I think it was huge, especially with, you know, how big golf is and especially how big of a production some of that can be. You know, there's a lot of people on site. There's a lot of moving parts. So, we all want to be out there working and playing golf, doing what we love, not sitting at home. So I think everyone's taking it very seriously. And we're trying our best.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't think people realize what goes into a golf tournament and then to move that from city to city every single week is, is kind of crazy. Uh, so I guess, you know, your downtime now, this, this quote unquote bubble that the tour, uh, you know, and, and guys like us in the media kind of talk about, um, you know, you're not supposed to be going out and eating dinner and hanging out and all this stuff, right? So, I guess what is what does your downtime look like now versus what it might have looked like uh, before the shutdown?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's tough just in general with how the world is now. You know, and a lot of not a lot of stuff's open anyway. So, I think normally downtime would just be trying to find good good restaurants to go to, fun fun activities happening around, you know, whatever city you're in. I think that's part of what maybe just the most fun about what we get to do is travel so much and see so many different places and and just see what they're about so having said that obviously we can't do that now so you know it it amounts to just a lot of sitting inside um you know just trying to keep yourself busy i think everyone does that you know in different ways but yeah there's (laughs) I guess it's probably we're doing what, you know, 90% of the rest of the country is is doing and just sitting inside, watching TV, reading, just whatever.
0: Okay, yeah. Is there a go-to card game? Is there a go-to show on Netflix? Like, what are, what are, we, what are we doing right now?
1: <laughs> no, I, I haven't. I think in two weeks, I'm going to stay in a house with some of my friends, so we'll get some cards going, probably some gin. But, um, you know, I just recently got on HBO Max and- nice kind of watching more of, I've seen Silicon Valley uh, already, but I'm (laughs) rewatching that. And and they got so much good stuff on there. So I'm just trying to find, you know, new fun things to
0: watch. Uh, Silicon Valley is the absolute tops. I love it. it. I'm stoked to hear about that. Um, All right, let's talk a little bit about your play because it's been great. I mean, three straight top 25s between RBC Heritage, Rocket Mortgage. What's going right for Doc Redman right now?
1: Yeah, I think I'm I'm hitting it well right now, uh, really well actually, and I'm just continue to get better around the greens and on the green. I've I felt a ton more comfortable with my putter over the past few weeks, which I think is usually a strong suit of mine, but hasn't really been this year, which is you know unfortunate, but that's kind of coming together and and just staying patient more so. You know, I'm not really worried about kind of the result of my rounds or the tournament and let it happen. And, you know, that's allowed me to play well and, and not really worry about anything else.
0: You know, I always think it's interesting um, when, when we talk to guys and we hear, okay, things are getting better in their game because like, I imagine you probably roll. I don't even know how many putts you roll on a weekly bit. Like, do you have any idea how many, how many putts you hit on a weekly basis between practice and, and around and a tournament?
1: man. No, I don't. I I probably every day in a tournament, I'll practice like leading up, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'll probably practice putting for, you know, an hour, hour and a half a day. Yeah. So, and then, you know, plus when you go out and play nine or, you know, obviously when you're playing in a tournament, that's more. So it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Right.
0: (laughs) So I guess my, my, where I'm going with this is like, does it ever click? Like when you're talking about progress, right? Like if you, if you're trying to improve your putting stroke, is it ever like, Oh, like I like the way that one felt, or is it just like over time you're noticing you're leaving yourself in better positions. You're missing on the right side when you miss, like, what is, what is progression look like for you on tour?
1: Yeah, I think just seeing, especially in practice, how my strokes gotten more and more consistent. And when we play, You know, we'll play a lot of games when I practice, just whether it's speed or just make drills, whatever. And I think seeing those those results, you know, continue to get better, gives me a lot of confidence in my stroke. And then it's all about, you know, taking it to the course, which I think I've struggled with a little bit. But that's what's given me confidence is because in practice, I know my stroke's great. And all I need to do is kind of get my mind right and free myself up to putt well on the course. So I've just kind of, you know, it's weird, right? It's just, you know, the first round of the tournament, maybe it doesn't feel great and the next round. I, you know, try a little something different to calm myself down and loosen up. And it's like, wow, I felt really comfortable and confident over the ball. Let's let's try and keep that going.
0: Got it. And then you try to keep it going for as long as possible. out there. Yeah, exactly.
1: And yeah. just kind of, you know, mold my pre-shot routine and kind of my thinking and mindset all around, you know, when I feel comfortable.
0: I love it. Now you mentioned you were hitting the ball. Well, Um, the stats back that up. Are you, how closely do you follow your own statistics? Because there's an ever-growing world of golf stats and a lot of data out there. How involved with it are you?
1: Yeah, I think I like looking at it. um, Maybe day in and day out, I think it's fun to look at but I'm not sure it really matters that much because you know on any given day I think you can you pretty much know what happened in your round right yeah. you know I didn't I didn't putt well cuz it's obvious if you're not putt- making putts or not or you know wasn't hitting enough greens but I think once you start looking at those stats over you know a few weeks months all that I think it really um Brings a lot of light to the trends and and what you really need to work on.
0: I'm a huge data guy, but I understand the flaws in the system, right? Like I can look at your strokes gain numbers and be like, "Oh wow, like Doc's a really great ball striker," but like you know, only you know what you're trying to do out there, right? Right. And only you know if yeah, you caught this one off the toe or you drew a bad lie or like things that the lasers aren't really figuring out. So it's always good to hear like, you know, your assessment of rounds and and things like that. And and
1: I, I think it is the, the strokes gains obviously amazing and the best thing we have. And I think in a lot of ways it's really good, but like you said, you know, it is tough because you draw a bad lie in a bunker in the rough, or, you know, you miss a, downhill sliding six footer and like well I mean that wasn't you know it that's not the same as like a straight right. in uphill six footer <laughs> or yeah you know and there's no way to quantify that but I think it doesn't take into account that some days it's just you get some bad breaks and there's nothing really you can do about it because that's you know how golf works
0: yeah, that is interesting. You're penalized the same for missing a, a sliding left to right downhill six footer as a straight a straight in uphill six footer. Right. Um, that's that's interesting. So you're coming off Rocket Mortgage Classic Detroit Golf Club. I think this is kind of where. So correct me if I'm wrong. This is where last year you go out and finish second and now you start this sprint, right? To try to earn enough points. Is this what like Will Gordon did after travelers where he's now on this temporary member status? Yeah. Do I understand that?
1: I think Will already has enough points for his card though.
0: I think he does too.
1: Which, so last year, yes, I, I came in second at rocket mortgage, but I didn't, I still needed to gain more points To secure my card. And I guess that was maybe not tough, but it was a little, you know, there was only a limited number of events left, and I still needed some points. So there was still some, you know, pressure in there to continue to play well.
0: So I guess that's where I'm headed with this is your mindset going into like, how is it knowing I I need points or like, did you play events that you normally wouldn't have or would have likened to take weeks off? You know what I mean? Like, it's such an interesting balance to try to strike.
1: Yeah, it was. I played. Yeah, I played way too many in a row (laughs) before Rocket Mortgage. I had played, I don't know, maybe, you know, two or three uh, McKenzie tour events in a row. And then, so after rocket mortgage, I played in Minneapolis yeah, and then John Deere. And then I went over to the British open to play that. So, I mean, I, I, I forget how many weeks I played in a row. It was like six or seven, which is far too many for me. So I actually was fortunate enough. I played well in the British open and, got to like 400 FedEx cup points, which was locked in. So I got to take a week off.
0: Got it. You could, you could take a breath for a, uh, for a right. second.
1: <laughs> right. But you know, I, I played okay. at I missed a cut in Minnesota and then played okay at John Deere, which got me some points and then played pretty well at um, the British, which secured it. So it was kind of, it's weird because you don't, there's no exact number you need. You just All have right. to match. Whoever finishes top one twenty, whoever finishes one twenty fifth. So you know, it's. I guess you don't want to be sure
0: that you're okay and then end up not being okay. <laughs> yeah, then not play that one event because you thought you were good and you did the math right. wrong. <laughs> that exactly. Would be bad. Um, so like, okay, so that kind of uh, makes me wonder. Like, you know who's who's doing this stuff for you? Do you have a team? Like, like I don't like who's traveling with you, and then also like who's part of this, you know, Doc Redmond team that is trying to put you in the best positions to succeed. Right. We hear some guys have a whole, you know, crew and and some guys are doing it all by themselves.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think most guys definitely have some, you know, guiding factors, whether it be their agent or swing coach or whatever it may be. You know, I, my, I get, I have the same caddy every week. So, you know, he's part of the team if we needed to make a scheduling decision or, some to that effect and then my swing coach is my, uh, my assistant coach from school from Clemson uh, oh, okay. Jordan Bird so I, you know I bounced ideas off him I bounce ideas off my short game coach Josh Gregory and then I've got a sports site guy who I'm really close to as well uh, Corey Schaefer and he you know it's the kind of the same thing if I ever need to make a decision or have questions you know we can talk about it I kind of try and get as many opinions as I can to, um, you know, just see what everyone thinks is the right move.
0: I was going to ask you about a, a sports psych guy. Cause you mentioned, you know, being in the right mindset and like all that stuff. So right. I, I think that's fascinating in golf, right? Like I've, I've read articles where, you know, golfers have been encouraged to like uh, you know, like when you miss a putt, tapping down a, a spike mark because it's like, oh, it's the spike, it's the spike mark's fault. It's not my fault, right? Like I was 100% right. perfect on that. Like there's, there is a huge mental aspect of this game that I find so fascinating.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I kind of, when you think about, when you talk about um, tapping down that spike mark, I just recently, you know, you see a lot of people on TV lining up the ball with like a little line on the ball. Yeah. And I used to do that a lot. And I recently kind of just before all this COVID stuff, I stopped lining up the ball on probably 95% of my putts. And it's given me a lot of peace of mind to when I miss something, you know, I don't see how the line rolls. Hmm. So if it doesn't roll great, I'm not thinking about, was that me? Was that a bad read? Did it hit some? I just, you know, I'll hit it. I can tell when I don't put a good stroke on it, but most of the times it feels like a pretty good stroke. And, and, you know, I just move on really well. So I think that's kind of been my whole thing um, to maybe not blame myself, but just to, to not get caught up in, you know, every single putt.
0: Yeah. that That's interesting that the feedback from that line could be, that could uh, uh, create more questions in your mind right. or cause I was thinking I can never get that thing lined up. Right. And I second guess it, you know, every single time, right. Every time I stand over the problem, like, this isn't, this is crazy. I can't even get this lined up. I didn't right. even consider that the feedback uh, might not always be positive.
1: <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And I guess it is great, you know, when it does roll perfect, but the fact of the matter is, I feel like everyone will admit, you know, some occasionally you, you push a putt and you under read it and it goes in right. Or you pull a putt and you know, whatever the case may be, you hit it too hard and you didn't have enough break, but it went in anyway. Like there's so many different things that can happen in golf for the ball to go in the hole. I don't, you know, no one reads everything perfect. No one has the right speed. So right. I think lines only, you know, a small fraction of it. Right. And there's or what
0: in, infinite lines within infinite speeds that can get the job done. Or right. Something exactly.
1: Like that. Right. Exactly. And that's uh, if it doesn't hit something, you know, <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, all right. I hate to ask you about this, but I feel like I have to, uh, yeah. Bryson DeChambeau mm-hmm. and what he's doing right now. I don't really care about the weight gain. I don't care about all that stuff. I care more about it from your perspective as a peer where right. how do you see distance and is anything that he's doing is that turning heads on tour? Is that like is this going to create a a wave where a bunch of guys will do whatever it takes to add distance?
1: I think it's yeah, it's turning heads. I mean, guys see him, you know, hit it on the range or when they play with them, and you know, it's unreal how <laughs> how hard he's hitting it. Um, you know, I think he hits it pretty darn straight too, but you know, he's putting up the finishes that I don't care how far you have to hit it. You know, there's tons of guys who hit it far on tour. And I would argue, you know, there's probably, I could name probably three or four who I think almost hit it as far as Bryson, but they just don't hit it straight. Right. You know, so, and, and just last week, right. He was number one in strokes gain putting
0: (laughs) that helps too.
1: Right. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, so it's not like he's just, hitting it really far, you know, he does a lot of other things really well. And so, you know, he's a good golfer, you know, I think it's, you know, go watch like a long drive competition, you know, those guys hit it forever too. Right. And they can never, they they find the grid one out of 10 times in that thing. But I think maybe it's just more of a sign of that golf's getting more athletic and, you know, that weight training and getting in the gym is more and more a part of, um, the game of golf.
0: Well, that that's always kind of my takeaway. And we were, um, so I do the CBS sports podcast as well. And we were talking about this with the guys the other day. Like, like if you won 10, if you won 10 times, like that's an insane number of wins on the PGA tour. But like right. if, if you win 10 times, like, moving forward like i feel like 10 wins gets increasingly more valuable because the tour gets increasingly deeper increasingly better like all you guys coming out of college right like you guys are so ready to contend yeah. right away it's crazy
1: right yeah totally i think i think you're you're definitely right i mean i was pretty uh, impressed by DJ stat you know that was his 21st victory when he won at travelers and he's won a bunch of years in a row and like i think just being that consistent, that consistency is what impresses me the most. Same with like Bryson, you know, that's his fourth top six in a row or something. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, I don't care how you get it done. That's just impressive because you still got to put the ball in the hole. For sure.
0: Um, are there certain guys that you, uh, are, are friendly with out there guys that you, you hang out with, or if you could hang out with them on tour or certain guys you like playing with?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think I'm, I feel like I'm friendly with most of the guys. Um, Sam Ryder's one of my really good friends, JJ spawn. Cool. Um, I know a lot of the younger guys who are coming up from the corn Ferry, like Scotty and Harry Higgs and. Obviously, I know Colin Morikawa and Matt Wolf from college. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's, it's a good atmosphere. It's a good, everyone has good rapport out there.
0: Yeah, it seems it seems like they do. Uh, you know, Bubba had a quote from a couple of weeks ago where he said playing with some guys is like a two shot penalty or something like that, and I I thought that was pretty funny. But yeah, it, from for for the most part, it seems like everybody seems to seems to get along outside of like you know, two things every couple of years that we see on camera.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, just like anything, there's guys that you like and there's guys that you want to play with and there's a handful of guys that you don't. That's just life. But I think that the large majority of the guys on tour are really nice guys and they're a lot of fun to play with. So most weeks you can't really go wrong with your pairing. I
0: love it. Um, What is your favorite club in your bag and what's your least favorite club in your bag um i
1: re- i this goes back to my college days like off the tee i really hit my 3 wood well um kind of if it was you know could be a driver could be a 3 wood could be like a 5 wood I, most of the times i i go for the 3 wood because i feel really comfortable and confident with with it so i guess that's what I would say. I
0: love it. Um, all right, Doc. Well, taking the week off, so we're recording this. Uh, what is it? Tuesday of workday charity open week. Yes. Where mm-hmm. are we going to see you next?
1: I'm playing in Memorial <laughs> next week. I got yeah, in. Baby, nice. Um, yeah. I was since I had played so well the last few weeks, I got in off my FedEx Cup number. So, um, that's really exciting. And I'll play that. And then Minnesota after that,
0: since you are going to be playing next week, um, did you think now it would have been like six straight weeks or seven straight weeks for you, which is a lot of golf, but was there a thought of being able to play work day and then being able to play the Memorial and trying to get a little extra recon on the course or that didn't come into play?
1: No, I mean, I, now it's just way too much golf for me. And yeah. And I think being rested is a lot more important than having seen the course. I mean, I played the Memorial event, the Memorial tournament two years ago, right when I turned pro. So, you know, I've seen it in tournament conditions and I've seen it when there's a lot of people around, which, you know, is probably even more nerve wracking. So, (laughs) yeah, um, you know, I think I'll be well-prepared. My caddy's seen it a bunch of times and, you know, to be honest with you, I think, You know, most golf courses, maybe outside of majors and stuff, you know, there's only so much real prep to do, Mm. you know, the difference between seeing a golf course, maybe four and, you know, eight times, I don't think is really a big difference at
0: all. That's interesting, especially if they're going to be, you know, if there's going to be any big differences, I don't know how big the differences can be week to week, but, um, so let's, okay. So you're going to, you're going to get this off week now. How do you, how do you spend the week off and will you watch golf on TV this weekend or are you just like disconnected?
1: No. So I'll mostly just kind of hang out and take it easy, do some just future travel planning and, you know, get a few errands in, in order, but um working out all this week with my trainer and, you know, towards the end of the week, I'll start practicing again. Once I feel like I've I've fully rested and I'm ready to kind of mentally get into it again. But as far as watching, you know, I'm, I'll probably follow my friends uh, on the app, like, you know, Sam and JJ. I love seeing how they're doing. Rob Oppenheim is one of my good friends too. So I love seeing how they're doing, but I probably won't watch any of the coverage. No, I usually get, I usually don't love the the product they put out on
0: TV. Uh, You would not be alone with that sentiment, uh, Doc, because I think that a lot of us feel that way. Right. Um, Okay. Uh, Last thing here. Anything to promote? Do you have like a favorite charity, a foundation, something like that we can help with? What's what's going on in your world?
1: Man, that's – man, I don't know. (laughs) Now I feel – I wish I did, but I mean I think – You know the PGA Tour does so much uh, a good charity work, and I'm glad that we can. They do, you know, give back to the local communities every week and raise money. I know, I think we raised a bunch of money at Travelers. They sent us a letter about that, which is awesome. And and you know, it stinks that. I guess you know a bunch of people don't realize this, but you know it stinks now that we don't have people there on Monday and Tuesday because there's usually uh, you know, some really cool events going on where you can, you know, donate your time and
0: mm-hmm.
1: and give clinics and, and, and things like that, which I think are always fun and really rewarding.
0: Yeah. The early week stuff and the pro am stuff, while that makes money for the tour, it donates a lot of time. It donates a lot of money to a lot of things. Yeah. So hopefully when safe, everybody will be back at it, but doc really appreciate it, man. Uh, thanks for the time today.
1: Yeah. Thank you very much for having me.